皆さん、お疲れ様でした。外人弁当です。楽しましょうよね。Hello and welcome to another episode of Daijin Bento. My name is Brian. And my name is Sage. A podcast made for degenerate weebs and Japan enthusiasts. We talk about all kinds of Japanese culture and media. So I want to give a fair warning to our listeners out there. I feel like we give so many warnings out there. Like, <laughs> fair warning, Brian's talking. Fair warning, I exist. But this time, <laughs>、uh, and I've given this warning before, but. Fair warning, if you hear some loud pounding roaming through the doors and cracks and stuff,、uh, that's not the police, don't worry. It's,、uh, a, super, <laughs> it's a super typhoon、uh, plowing through southern Japan right now. And it's really affecting me at the moment. So, this is the biggest typhoon of the season so far this、oh、year. So, it's called,、uh, I, I, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, but it's like something like、uh, Typhoon Hinanmore or something like that. I don't know. But、uh, yeah, it's the strongest.、Uh, I think it's like a category five, so it's powerful boy. Powerful oh boy,、girl. what's the scale out of?、Um, I have no idea. <laughs> okay, well, let's just assume、math. that's pretty powerful. <laughs> <laughs> it's very powerful. I, I know that it's like the most, it's the strongest in the,、uh, out of the, all the other ones we've had in the season. It's number、oh, wow. 11, which is、uh, super surprising because last year we, they were like up to like 20, Typhoon number 20. This is only number、oh, 11、geez. of the. Of the season. Typically, Typhoon season goes up until like, I think last,、uh, last year it went from like up until like maybe like early October, maybe September ish,、mm. which we are in September now as of this recording.、Uh, so, yes, yes, we are. So, yeah, it's actually quite a small amount compared to what it usually is. But, yep,、yeah, Super Typhoon.、Uh, right now, as of this recording, it's、uh, situated between、uh, northern Taiwan and the southern Japanese islands of Okinawa. So it's kind of like perfectly right in the middle in there. So it's going to, I believe, on this island where I'm at right now,、uh, it's going to be its absolute peak, give or take, in the next like 12 hours. It's been plowing and like destroying things, but uh, uh, for like the last like couple of days, but、uh, yeah, it's still going strong out here. Jeez. So you weren't kidding when you said you're going to be just chilling indoors this weekend. Yeah, about that. Actually, like, I got like, really bored and I actually went outside and、uh, drove for a bit. Right. <laughs> I was bored. I was supposed to no, do it. No, not in the middle of a typhoon. I was bored. What are you going to do? <laughs> oh, my God. What are we going to do with you? If, you know what? If the typhoon doesn't kill you, I'm going to come out there and I'm going to finish it. Listen, like, you know that I. <laughs> Constantly putting my life in danger like that. I can't live if I don't at least put some kind of life threatening situation on a regular daily basis, you know? I have、you、to do, do something. I like to just be involved and in, in not just be idle. So I understand that. That's right. Be, be involved.、Uh, maybe not in my <laughs> way, but do be involved in something. <laughs> right. So,、oh, yeah, it's、uh, <laughs> I'm a crazy institution.、Uh, yeah, it's crazy. You want a Pepsi? Hey, but in my case, because I'm in Japan, you want a melon Fanta. Yes, I do. Every time you talk about the melon soda, I'm just like, what's it, what's it got to take for a girl to get some melon soda out here? You got to go,、uh, you got to drive through a typhoon. <laughs> oh, shit. You're right. You're right. Okay, I'm on my way. Woo! I'm on my way now. <laughs> so,、uh, yeah, it's、uh, this time, though. 
because we did make an episode before uh, when there was the middle of Typhoon. I did put up my shutters this time. Oh, so. you did. Nice. Yeah. So they've been helping a lot. I mean, they still make a lot of noise, but at least I know that my glass is somewhat safe. <laughs> yeah, I would I'd be worried about like windows. I know they say for like out here in the, in the U.S. with like tornadoes and we don't get like tropical storms, obviously, in the Midwest. But sometimes we still get like heavy storms. We get like the um, aftermath of like all the stuff that hits the coast. So, um, yeah, sometimes I'm like, oh, we we might we might get a busted window. Busted. Not in my right fellas. <laughs> yeah well it's we the thing with like the midwest especially in chicago is like we have like the lake effect weather lake effect snow and then like the thunder and then all the wind we're not called the windy city for any reason you know yeah it's really fucking windy (laughs) it's pretty interesting because like you know yeah we don't get hurricanes but we get tornadoes and shout out to uh global warming i'm I'm sorry i think it's called uh, climate change now it's uh, it's, <laughs> it's definitely influencing things. You know, it's making uh, natural disasters a bit stronger, unfortunately. But you know, that's, that's just a uh, shout out to the boomers out there who ruined it all, it all for us. Yeah, we uh, we wouldn't be here without you guys. So thanks. Shout out to all you all the half dead people <laughs> out there. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so it's interesting because like in Japan, so like Japan they get uh, earthquakes, typhoons, um, uh, tsunamis. And, and it's since it's since Japan is a significantly much uh, smaller country as far as like geography goes and actual like physical mass. Yeah, like in and you know like if there's a hurricane and you know like with me and Sage like we live in the Midwest and like like there's a hurricane that just obliterated and killed like millions of people. And you're like, well, I don't know what's going on. It doesn't affect me at all. It just feels like it's happening in a whole like different planet. Um, right. So like we, it doesn't affect us. It's it, it, but like you know when something like this happens, like a big super typhoon, it's the entire country is an alert. But you know we get t- tornadoes in the Midwest, we get uh, hurricanes in the East, and of course we get her uh, earthquakes in the West. Oh yeah. So uh, but again, like earthquakes, uh, and if we've talked about this uh, plenty of time, but uh, uh, we don't feel it, and uh, it doesn't affect us, so it feels like it's in another planet. That's kind of like the thing in the U.S. is the in a way it makes us like kind of um, arrogant and selfish because it's like oh, it's happening somewhere so fucking far away we don't even like feel it. So it's like right, we, we're, we're very insensitive about those things. But like, uh, if it's not Japan, happening to me, it doesn't exist. Yeah, it's not happening. I mean, <laughs> Right. So the people get over it, you freaking snowflakes. Yeah. It. It's just a magnitude nine earthquake. Jesus. Back in my day, we had magnitude tens and we were happy. <laughs> back in my <laughs> back in my day, half my family died and I'm doing all right. Right. And I turned out fine. <laughs> turned out fine. Oh Hell, hello, gosh. welcome. Welcome to another episode of We Attack the Boomers. Uh yes. When bo- when Oh, I almost said when boomers attack, but that would like <laughs> insinuate the opposite. 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 But going back to the earthquakes, because let's see, I've been in California a couple times, and um, as most people know, California does experience quite a few earthquakes. A lot of times they're they're very minimal though, so you know you don't have to really do much. Um, most people don't probably don't even notice them. I didn't feel any when I was out there, so I don't think any did occur when I was out visiting. So you've You've mentioned before that there's been a few earthquakes, like since you've been out there, right? Yes. So actually, yeah. yeah so uh, when I first arrived in Japan, 
uh, and I had to quarantine for two weeks when I was in uh, Narita in Chiba Prefecture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did feel this was during the Olympics. I think they had to like not postpone it like that for that day, but they had to like kind of like uh, push it back a couple hours because of the earthquake. It happened like around four in the morning. Ooh. I think I I think I've mentioned this story before, but uh, it's always a fun story because it was like my first experience with an earthquake. Um, I remember it was like four in the morning ish, and I was in uh, quarantine, and uh, I just felt like this like sensation of like. I don't know why, but sometimes I just like, like I subconsciously like get up, like my mind just is up at four in the morning. Um, and, but, but then I started to feel like a sensation of something going on, like a massage. I'm like, yeah, like, it's like, whoa, what's going on? I'm like, it felt, <laughs> it felt like, like planet earth was giving me just like a personal massage and, and it felt kind of nice. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? This feels really good. I'm going to go back to sleep because this is really relaxing. <laughs> I, and then I woke up like around like seven or eight in, in the morning because you have to like check in with like the Japanese government about your COVID situation, make sure you're not dead or sick. And uh, my right. bed, like the bed that I was on, it was like completely like out of position. It was close to the wall. Um, I was like, oh, whoa, wow. <laughs> there is some movement going on. <laughs> <laughs> and you just went right back to bed. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm telling you, like I have no, I have like, no care for my own like safety is just, just you know i'll be all right that's kind of my, <laughs> well, kind of my attitude yeah, i'll be all right probably well that one at least in your area if if the worst it's doing is just kind of moving some furniture then all things considered it's probably not too terrible um probably i don't know I, it was probably pretty bad but um because i know because <laughs> i know it the pushed epicenter, back. probably yeah especially like in the kanto areas uh the i think like the earthquakes are definitely the worst i mean maybe uh, fukushima is closer to the tohoku area but it's not that far from tokyo in perspective so that got hit pretty hard so what's pretty interesting though because that happened on march 11th of 2011 2010 2011 let me let me double check i get your facts right yeah because um that's actually kind of really important in uh japanese modern uh, history yeah yeah I think it was 2011. Let me, let me double check. Okay, yes, 2011. March 11th. The reason why I know it was March 11th, because last year during class, we had a moment of silence. And there was like some like, uh, basically what they had was these like alarms going off and these ty- like these sirens going off basically to, um, what's the word? To real, to um, commemorate. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, commemorate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the, that earthquake of 2011 that's basically that's like their 9-11 of uh modern japan is the Tohoku oh gosh earthquake. was it it was uh, that bad oh is that the one where it was um i could be totally mixing up stuff but what was that the one where like the nuclear power plant yes got all fucked yeah. up oh jesus yes. yeah i do remember that i remember learning w- about that in school actually yeah it was a weirdly massive- enough in american it- school <laughs> It was big news. I remember when it was yeah. the, it was all over the news. It's huge news. Um, it was a massive magnitude nine, fucking Damn. magnitude nine. That's wow. That's a massive uh, earthquake. That's insane. So there was actually, I believe, a seven not too long ago in the actually in Sendai, which isn't super far from uh, Fukushima, uh, Fukushima Prefecture. So um, oh wow. Uh, that that definitely did, shook up some things. Maybe it was like uh, uh maybe like less than a year ago, but I do remember hearing it on the news because like my family checked up on me. I'm like, yeah, hey, are you right? 
And I was like, hey, I'm super far away from that. Don't worry about that. I'm like, Brian, are you alive? Yeah. You're like, so, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was in the Tohoku. So this caused, of course, the tsunamis. And then it was like a domino effect. And then the oh, that's right. Plant, and then the- oh, gosh. Yeah, there were a lot of things that happened kind of like right on top of each other. Oh, yeah, I do. I definitely remember that. I remember hearing more about the tsunami part. But like, yeah, the earthquake started it. Generally, <sighs> if there's a really mm-hmm. big earthquake in general, it's definitely bound for tsunamis. It's always it's like a it's seriously like a domino effect. It's like, oh, big earthquake. Oh, hey, guys, uh, probably a tsunami coming. So just a uh, fair warning. Like yeah. actually, for example, like the um that volcano that blew mm-hmm. up in uh in I think what was it, in Fiji around Fiji area. Okay, that affected actually that was such a powerful volcano that it uh made straight it made like really really strong um waves from like California and Japan. So they both simultaneously were affected. That like that's how big the volcano was. That like California and Japan fucking got tsunamis. Wow. You know, when you think about it too, I always forget, this is me going back into my science days when I was a good student, but a lot of these like phenomenon, like they're all sitting on like these, you know, like volcanoes and like when earthquakes happen, it's all the tectonic plates, you know, and the earth like shifting and moving. And so depending on where position, like, you know, things are positioned, like the volcanoes in the Fiji area, like, yeah, that's going to absolutely affect California too, because all of the plates over there, like it's it, like you said, domino effect. It starts in one spot. It's it depending on how how large it is. It's just gonna keep going. Yeah, there's this area called the Ring of Fire, which is like yep. all of, yeah, the, like the west <laughs> of the U.S. up until like Japan, and then in Japan there's like thousands of volcanoes. So they just it's like the most um uh it's the most affected for uh, earthquakes, and which is why you know in California and just like a lot of just Western United States, you always hear about earthquakes you know japan gets tons of earthquakes um actually there's a story like my family they were living in san francisco during like the really bad uh 1989 san uh san francisco earthquake in the bay area oh it, no it really hard so actually there's a story okay so this is what this is what my mom, my mom told me this is a i don't know if it's just a true story but this is this is the what my mom what made my mom like want to move somewhere else during the, the 1989 earthquake. Um, mm-hmm. So, and it took like, took them like five years to move because I was born in California. But um, so basically this is, this and this is what she told me again. So when, when the San Francisco earthquake hit in 1989, my older sister, she was in her room. This, she said this happened during around like the night she was like asleep or taking a nap or something. She was, my, my older sister was asleep. But for mm-hmm. whatever reason, she had to like use the restroom. So she went to the bathroom as the earthquake was happening. And when she came back, there was a tree that uh, like hit the house and landed on her bed. Oh my God. That's so lucky that she went, like she got up when she did. Yes. And this is 1989. My sister was uh, like two or three years old at the time. Oh my gosh. That's so, so scary. So this, of course, this kind of was like, my mom was like, Hey, uh, let's get out of here. <laughs> kind of thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it did I mean, take quite she, a while, but, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, if she was little, I mean, I don't, I don't know like how much it came through her room because I mean, maybe it, it would have missed her or maybe like it, it wouldn't have like 
you know, maybe she'd have been able to be okay, but still, like, that's that's so freaky to think about. It's wild. If you look up the San Francisco, like the 1989 earthquake, it's uh, you'll you'll it'll be. I mean, it was massive news at the time. Just as is the the Tohoku 2011 earthquake was, it's it was huge news. Gosh. And unfortunately, it took them quite a long time to uh, move. Well, first, we moved. I think they we were like back and forth because, uh, like, I was born in California and I was born in '94, so. I mean, 89, 94, that's like, what, like five, six years difference? Yeah, about five years, yeah. But like, it was fine, thankfully. <laughs> nothing nothing at that time tried to kill me, except for the games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they were like, all right, baby Brian, you gotta, you gotta choose. They're like, oh, don't you worry, baby Brian, you'll have plenty of chances to die later in your life. <laughs> You're right. You're like, I just want to, I don't know, what what was little Brian, like, what was your favorite thing to do as a kid? Did you like Legos? Did you, I don't know. You know, funny enough. What do kids like? (laughs) You know what I really like? What? I like shitting my pants. (laughs) Well, I was a toddler. Okay, okay. Okay, that's true. I did say baby Brian. I should have said. baby Brian. (laughs) Okay, that's, that's fair. And you know what my favorite thing is now? Shitting your pants. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Okay, what's your favorite thing now? Uh, 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 poop in my pants. <laughs> oh, there it is. Woo! You you haven't changed since childhood. Nope, it's still life is shitty. Am I right, fellas? Hey, yeah. the pants definitely are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like my life is filled with tragedy, but it makes for a good story, so it's all good in the hood. <laughs> That's all that matters, honestly. Like, if my life is suffering. But it equals like content. You're welcome. <laughs> what can I say except what? you're welcome? <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. Do you still have that little Maui? Um, what's a Maui? You uh, get out of here. You still <laughs> had that tiny little like Funko Pop keychain. Did I? Was that me? Yeah. I yeah yeah you did. This was probably when you were still working at Disney because I remember you also had a little Spider Man on your backpack. I did have ah. Or maybe you know it was your keys. Yeah, I did have that. I remember having that Spider-Man. I had like tons of shit on my book bag and stuff. Um, yeah, you did. It was super cute. So I probably did have something like that. Um, yeah, good times. Uh, I, I So to answer your question, I, I definitely don't have that anymore. <laughs> no, you don't have Maui. That's okay. <laughs> it probably like, fell off or someone stole it. It's really weird. Like, I feel like, uh, 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 like when I was um, in the city, like school or work, I feel like some people stole a couple of my pins when I wasn't looking. Like they like pickpocketed yeah. my pins off my book bag. I think people did too. Um, I mean, I also just lose things, so there's a good chance like I just and like no one took it. It just it's lost in the void now. But there are a couple pins that I got from Comic Con where to try to like ask the sellers if they have it again or to even contact like who I got it from in the first place would just be a whole hassle. But I definitely um I don't know if you remember that one. I had a couple cool Star Wars ones. I had you one. Did. Um, where it was like it was Ray and it was like talk shit, get hit. And I remember that, that one, that one I don't have anymore. I don't know what happened to it. Yeah, I remember. Oh, that was a good time when we went to uh, what is C2E2? Yeah, yeah, I th- yeah, but I definitely, um, I got them there because like there was a couple other pins that were like really cool from that booth. So yeah, we definitely, I definitely got them from C2E2. 
And I think I was able to find the same seller, but they don't, you know, they don't always have this, like, you know, the same things every year. And um, so they, you know, they're always gonna be making different um, pieces of art or like different things to sell. So I don't even think I could find the same pin again. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like a unique to that like season. And for those, yeah. uh, lis- for the listeners that don't know what C2E2 is, it's basically like the Midwestern version of uh, the San Diego Comic Con. It's actually yes. quite big. And there's a lot of, great people that go there i think the first year i went there i met the co-creator of uh ren and stimpy who's a nice guy and uh the folks at uh run run dmc they were doing like a comic book thing and i met them and they were like really nice guys uh guys that run dmc and when i went with you though however is when i met Mm -hmm. um what's his name sean Sean, yeah. Sean Shamel, so, yeah. Sean Shamel, <laughs> and he's the guy that does like the voice for Goku, of course, uh, the English dub, and he does other various characters in anime. And I think, did you did you go uh, in line for Christopher Sabat? Did you go see him and meet him? I thought about it because Chris has done the voice of so many characters of so, so many. many shows. Like, honestly, almost every single show, he probably does like some voice, whether it's like additional or whatnot and um because i think the the show or like i i just you know he's on it the most that i watch um would be one piece so like i would definitely want him to sign something like zoro related yeah but i don't think i ended up yeah i didn't end up going in his line but i i think about it because he does he's not there every year but um because he just isn't you know he does a lot of a lot of shows he usually does does come back so and to, yeah no. and to put it in perspective like uh, uh yeah chris sabbat he does to just just to name a few <laughs> a few voices that he does ju- even just in fucking dragon ball and yeah. so in in, Dra- in dragon ball he does uh a vegeta piccolo <laughs> yamcha mr popo kami um like half of like the ginyu force um uh, and this is in the original dragon ball z i think during like dragon ball Zikai, uh, he gives away a lot of like the Ginyu stuff and other like like random characters to other voice actors. But like in the original Dragon Dragon Ball Z, oh, and he also does like the fucking dragon too. Like uh, he does the Shenron. Um, yeah. So I've had a pretty interesting uh, story when I met um, Sean. Yes. Sean, Sh- Sean is not a pleasant person to uh, to talk to. As far really, it, well, like he's a very impatient person and i kind of understand it in a way so like he's the type of guy that does not like being like being asked this like the same question a million times or like the hey can you do the voice like i get it right yeah i, I super i super 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 get it I, I i honestly do but like i feel like he could probably handle it a little bit better but he's a little bit of a hothead so like mm. i met so i did a little bit of research before i met him and i was like what can i ask him that that isn't like kind of asked a million times and i discovered that he's actually and you're gonna appreciate this he's actually really interested in like uh mic equipment and stuff like with a re- recording oh okay that makes sense so, i guess as yeah, a voice actor yeah i've heard him talk about it before and i asked him like hey you know what's your favorite uh preamp and mic and i'm sorry sean i don't remember <laughs> what you told me but like you got you got like <laughs> He got like really excited. He was like, "Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, I use this uh, preamp, and it's, you know, I, I and uh, he he went down this like long rant. He was like really excited. Like he like like he felt like, wow, people don't, like don't ask this shit. People were like, hey, can you do like the Goku voice? Can you say like Kamehameha or whatever? So like he was like right. really excited, and like people are like waiting in line, and like there was it was like a solid minute because like prior to me, 
um like people were like there for like five seconds like they were like all right sign or whatever and uh you know talk for like five ten seconds right oh my gosh i talked to him for like a good like 30 seconds to a minute which was a lot compared to like how how long he talked to other people but it's just like he was like oh shit there's a long line but uh he he seemed like he seemed like he like he was oh yeah you know i use this you know this and that and then it was like it was awesome so he gave me two autographs for me and my brother so i gave uh, i had one for myself and then one for my uh younger brother he, he's actually admittedly like my younger brother he likes sean a lot more than i do um i i'm personally a bigger fan of like the japanese and uh a mexican dub of the goku mm-hmm. voice um, but like uh, I got one for my brother and I got it for his birthday. So it worked out well. It was uh, so it was great. You know, it's sometimes, you know, it's 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 hard to blame the fans because, you know, they're I don't know. It's like they don't like think about that stuff. You know, it's like, oh, That's you know, true. so like I don't necessarily blame the fans, but it was kind of cool to be like, hey, you know, talk to Sean about stuff that he actually likes that that when it comes to like work related that isn't necessarily hey can you say kamehameha can you uh, nod on my face or whatever it's it what? is tough because i think yeah you you don't want to put too much pressure on the fans because they really can't like know there there's some things i think that they like you said like they're just they're not thinking of it and they're not like trying to be like you know like they're not like, oh, let's everybody ask him. But I mean, at the same time, I think some things you can do as a fan is think, okay, he's probably getting asked these few things a ton. Maybe I should ask about something different. And at least you're trying. And like what you did was super cool because that was something different and unique. And um, and he responded super well to it. So that was a really cool idea and topic. I try to do that too when I can. I'm sure I'm not the only person that like that does that, but I'm sure for them, especially when, you know, a lot of people are really excited about stuff and they might be very hyper-focused on like, you know, the the thing that everyone asks or like the topics that usually get brought up. But it's nice when you have something a little different to break up your day when you're seeing that many people. Yeah, totally. And I like I said, like I absolutely like I understand both sides because it's like as the person, you know, as the guy is like, oh my god, I hear this all the time. But like as a fan, you know, you get you get starstruck. You know, this is the you do. Like, this is like this is a a, a, th- a person or thing that you like grew up or like really look up to. You know, and and people don't act necessarily rationally. You know, they, they go to like the the first thing that comes to their mind. It's not entirely their fault, right? Uh, it's interesting, you know, when it happens. Like sometimes I get a little bit like fangirly depending on who I'm seeing, but other times I'm able to like reel it in. Like I'm still excited, but I feel like I I have a bit more like control over that and I can and, and it feels more like you're talking to an acquaintance or a friend right. just because you feel comfortable. Some people have that preference or that presence like the celebrities where it just feels like you're having a casual conversation with them. Yeah, right. And it's I kind of cool. I- right and like you know sometimes it's just like regular people that don't even even think about things in like a what's the word like a like a long like a like a they don't think about they don't analyze things like super deep you know like we do um that's true <laughs> they definitely so, don't. <laughs> and, that, and i think that's totally okay yeah um but for me i also i've had like the on, honest i've honestly had like the honor and privilege to meet like people that have done a lot a lot for like pop culture, like music, whether it was like working for like Steve Albini or, you know, other meeting other like famous musicians or people. Oh my that, God. Like, are, yes. You know. Can you please talk about the one, you know, that I want to talk about that. I remember when you sent us that photo 
I like literally screamed. Oh, are you talking about uh, Frank Iro from uh, My yes, Chemical Romance? Yes, Frank Iro. Oh my god! Oh, yes. you say his last name? So fucking cool. <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure because I don't think I would ever. <laughs> See, so like I'm a My Chemical Romance fan, but I I wouldn't say I'm like as big of a fan as like other people I know. Like I. I know enough of their stuff to be able to like, you know, it, like if you have a couple seconds of play it, I'd be like, yeah, this is my comic romance. And I could probably tell you what album it was, but I'm still, I feel like my level of knowledge is still more surface level compared to like some of my friends that were just hardcore into that scene and like loved all of those types of bands. So I've never actually like really watched interviews of them. So like, I don't know, like how it officially is said, but like everyone that I know has always called him Frank Iero. So I'm assuming that's correct. That's, I, I believe you because I never bothered to ask him. So actually, yes. <laughs> it's just Frank. Uh, <laughs> it was just Frank to me. Um, and yeah, this is, again, for me, uh, I had already like, you know, met people that have done stuff that people know. And, you know, like famous people or popular people, like they're just regular humans, like just like you and I. Um, so yes. So when we were at uh, Columbia College in Chicago, um, I was interning at um, Electric Electrical Studios in Chicago, which is, of course, uh, owned by Steve Albini. So I was working under his uh, wing. And uh, at this time, at the time, uh, Frank was working on a solo album. So he was staying for the week. Bear in mind, at this time, I was never like a My Chemical Romance fan. I Not that I disliked them or anything. I just, mm-hmm. this wasn't my thing. Uh, yeah, if, if for it sure. was if it was on the radio, I wouldn't be like, oh, what the fuck is this garbage or anything like that. It was just like, whatever, you know? Um, so I I've, obviously I didn't recognize his name, but like in the office, the month schedule already. And, you know, you had like, so if he was there for like two weeks, you know, he had, they had like the Frank Iro and something. I forgot what the name of his uh, solo album, uh, solo um, project was called, but um, I didn't make anything of it. So, you know, <laughs> so, uh, so like, you know, Steve was, of course, was in charge. There's other engineers, but of course, uh, Steve was, uh, was in charge of this session in particular. So I would, whenever Steve was doing sessions, I would of, of course, like I would always, uh, you know, help him out and just observe everything he did because I really looked up to uh, Steve Albini. So, um, so, you know, through, through two weeks, you know, I really got to meet, get to know, uh, Frank and, uh, his other, uh, band members. They're like seriously like phenomenal people. Um, I was this was like my last uh, semester at Columbia, and it was a really difficult semester because um, I didn't have a day off for like six months because Oof. I was going to school. I had my internship there, and I was working, you know, to yeah, to pay off my shit. So yeah, literally, I swear to God, like six months, that entire semester, I did not have like a day off at all. Monday. Like Ugh. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, very busy. Thankfully, super thankfully, <laughs> I'm going to go off on such a big tangent, but like super thankfully at, uh, at this uh, studio, at uh, Steve's studio, uh, free coffee and espresso was available oh, yes. at all times. Um, very and nice. what, actually, actually, one of my duties was to learn how to make some lattes there. They had like uh, um, some Chicago, um, they had a Chicago grown uh, coffee beans there from uh, Metropolis Brewery. Which, oh, Metropolis is so good. Yes, they do coffee and beer, which is uh, both phenomenal. They do beer? Oh, fantastic. I love them even more. Yes. 
They they always got their uh, coffee from there, so I would always do the pickups and stuff. Anyway, uh, and and uh, they they have this latte called the uh, um, what was the latte called it? But I used to love it. I would like slam it every time. I was always I seriously. <laughs> this is how honestly, Sage. This is how I survived that semester is because I was always yeah. wired on that under coffee. Oh gosh, uh, I you know I knew fluffy. you always were a coffee dude because we'd go to cafecito that even. <sighs> um cafe and you would just get the espresso which i already knew was like just crazy because it's cuban coffee not american coffee so it's gonna be like just amped up yeah coffee is my life source but it was called the fluffy latte it was an original it was an original electrical audio studio uh original they don't know the origins i asked and they had no idea it was some band that like came up with the idea anyway um yes yeah, so that was part of my responsibility as an intern too so i made them tons of fluffy lattes <clears throat> so i got to know frank really well uh he like you know during the breaks and stuff he showed me uh his pictures of his family and his kid super super nice guy and, and again like i treated him as any other band guy that came you know during my time at, uh, at, uh, at that studio so at that time i still had no idea who he was um but he you know so so i didn't have that bias you know i didn't know oh my god this guy's like a like a huge celebrity you know he's he he did he was a big uh icon in our generation yeah so that wasn't on my chest so so i got to know him well and feel really comfortable around him and uh and one time uh he asked me he was like hey you know uh we're here for a couple of weeks uh you know what do you recommend we do uh, what do you recommend we try here in chicago and uh oh no <laughs> did you tell him <laughs> i was like you didn't hey tell him instead of it instead of uh, um the deep dish pizza and hot dog i was like hey do you know what have you ever heard of jepson's malort no <laughs> this poor man <laughs> he was like no what that what's that and i was like oh, oh let me teach you and I told oh him God. about it. I, and, and I've mentioned this a million times in the podcast, but again, Jepson's Malort is this like a uh, liquor, liqueur, rather. Um, liqueur. That was originated in Chicago, but uh, it is available in some parts of the United States now because it's uh, grown outside, which is awesome. Uh, it's been a long meme, a long, uh, probably since like I could, I was old enough to drink. One of my friends told me about it, but it's, it's a Chicago meme. Um, it's, it's basically tastes like, like a gas, a mix of gasoline and getting bullied in the fifth grade, which, which but for whatever reason, for whatever reason, I really enjoy it. And I have, uh, I have, I still have some more here in Chicago, uh, I'm sorry, in uh, Japan that I brought with me because it was really important. Oh um, man. I don't know if you have time to unpack all of that, but, um, they let you bring that into Japan. It wasn't like too much liquid wise. Apparently not. Cause. Although I was really scared because during like a uh, customs when I arrived in Japan, like, there was like some dogs that sniffed something funny. They but then like the, the customs that was like picked up my Listerine bottle and he was like, what the fuck is this? He was like, oh, it's mouthwash. He was like, all right, you're good. So then, yeah, the next time I went back there uh, to the studio, he had a you know bottle of Malort and he made, uh, he basically made his, all his band members take a shot before each session. Oh my God. That. That's awesome. Honestly though, like he was such a cool guy. Uh, another time he was literally because like uh the studio has a lodge so when you know when uh, when bands come from like a different states different countries 
uh, you know, they can stay there and record for as long mm-hmm. as they want to. So they have rooms for the, these oh, band that's members. Nice. There's the one time, this is seriously like such a beautiful studio. It has like a kitchen, the lodge. And uh, I went up there because usually I would, I had like an early shift. It was like, I would start around like uh, 9, 9.30. And uh, Frank was up one time and he was like, literally almost naked he was only in his Ooh. underwear he was like making uh he was like making um vegan wa- uh, waffles and he was like hey do you want one uh- <laughs> and i was like i was like is is frank is, is mr frank seriously offering me a vegan waffle mr right frank now? Like, hell yeah <laughs> Sign, sign me the heck up, please. That's such a unique experience, honestly. That's that's so wild, but also just like, yeah, he just seems like the type of dude that would just kind of do that. <laughs> yeah, so so he was a wonderful dude, um, and it it wasn't until like the mixing of that session was when I found out that he was from uh, from My Chemical Romance because I was like, I don't know why. But like at one point I was like, you know what? I'm gonna search this guy and see if he's important because he, because like at this at this point like his music sounded really competent. Like he knew what he was doing. Like it it was like like this kind of catchy kind of music. I was like, and there's been t- all types of like bands have come through here. And at this point, so like I kind of was like, this guy knows. It seems like what he's doing. Like he's done this a long time. I'm gonna look up this dude's name and see if he's anyone important. And that's when I was like, huh. He's from My Chemical Romance. Uh, and thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, this is, I'm so thankful that I found this out, like, like towards, like, the end of his time there. Because otherwise, I felt like I would have, like, treated him differently. I would have been more nervous or, or whatever. Uh, I'm super grateful that I didn't, like, <laughs> look him up later on. Because uh, I, w- I would have not have uh, built that, like, kind of, like, relationship with him if it wasn't for that. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. It was a cool dude. Uh, we took pictures together. Um, I still have him saved on my phone. He was a wonderful guy. His band members were super wonderful too. Uh, and I'm uh, uh, Frank. I'm really sorry that I exposed you to Mort. <laughs> uh, you know, he probably is cool with it if he was having his his bandmates uh, take shots. You know, he probably he probably enjoys it. You think so? You think uh, his band members didn't hate me after you that? You know, anything's possible. <laughs> that is quite true. <laughs> um. I think he's had a couple different projects, but I know, was it, uh, was his group Frank Iero and the Celebration? Okay. Yes, that sounds yeah, about right. Yeah, because I think that's, that's the one he, he's mainly been like pouring his work into. Yeah. And th- and this was like back in like 2017, 2018. So this is like, because I think My Chemical Romance is doing Right Fest for this upcoming September. Or was this um, past I September? Think- or, or is this now? Is this happening this month? Uh, oh, that's a great question, dude. I know that they were supposed to in 2020, but then they they pushed it back and they pushed it back again. So I th- I think it actually might be um yeah in like a week or two because uh, because I think hey, even hey, when they started hey, doing hey. concerts again, a lot of artists were still pretty on the fence about if they were gonna do their shows, you know, while you know just COVID and other concerns. So I think they they ended up postponing it two years. So I, th- I think they will be doing it this year, which I'm upset because I wanted to see them, but time has escaped me and I don't have money and I hate outdoor festivals because they force you to pay an absurd amount of money um, to maybe see a couple people that you want because they spread out everybody over the weekend. So if you want to be able to see yeah. like all the people you really want to, you have to buy like the $300, $400 tickets and I refuse to do that. Yeah. And, and uh, as, as far as like, a, like audio engineering uh, point of view is like, I mean, outdoor outdoor uh, concerts don't 
just don't sound as good as no they don't and it's a nightmare too because even if you like even though they space them out the best way they possibly can i mean eventually you run out of space so you can't have them truly as far away as they probably should be um it's enough where depending on where you're standing and you're paying attention you're not going to really probably experience too much bleed through but i've been to other outdoor fests where that happens like yeah. uh, Summerfest in milwaukee it's super fun i love Summerfest, but their stuff is a lot closer together so for example when i went to go see rise against kind of like down the way the fray was playing well who's gonna win in a shootout of sound between rise against and the fray it's gonna be rise against so but we right. could tell in between right. their like their songs when there was a bit of a lull we could tell the fray was like trying to like amp their stuff up so they could compete because like clearly rise against sound um was bleeding into like their area and it's like well i mean this is kind of what happens when you're out when you're outdoors and you know you, there's you're pretty close together still <laughs> yeah it's uh what's like you know it's kind of like a like those uh like mixed genre concerts. They're like a it's like a good and bad. It's like it's kind of cool that um you know you get all like these various genres, but at the same time, if you like various genres, it could be a problem because there's bands you want to see and they uh they uh kind of overlap in between uh, stages. Because so, sometimes they can be close, especially at the Ride Fest. Uh, the stages are quite close to now if there's like you want to see like a hip-hop group but you also want to see like a metal group could be playing around the same time or almost like too close to right and that's when it can get really tough too i mean even if they're more in the same genre i feel like again if you're hearing too much of another axe sound it just it's like well i mean then the quality of the performance isn't going to be as good but you kind of have to just I guess be okay with with that when you go to like festivals that are outdoors. Uh, I mean, I haven't been to Lollapalooza. I don't know how that's set up, but I, I imagine it's probably very similar because they, you know, like every um, like every festival like that, they have their big stages for like their headliners, and so they'll they'll put more of their yeah. effort into that. But I mean, that's still not going to sound as good as if as if it were like in an indoor venue where they can control a lot more of the environment. But yeah, but I like it. There's no alternative. I mean, when I yeah. when I went to Riot Fest a few years ago, um, I was really there because I wanted to see Nine Inch Nails, and um, which is crazy because I remember I thought I heard that Trent Reznor really does not like to do big like events like that. He doesn't really like to do the yeah. outdoor like you know <laughs> festivals. So I don't know. Maybe he just was wanting to right. do something different. But um, I think it sounded pretty good. It, I'm sure it would sound it would have sounded better if they were somewhere inside. But um, I think because they were one of the biggest acts there, they were like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna make this sound the best as possible and um, kind of fuck everybody else. <laughs> hey, fuck everyone else. We're nine inch right. nails. Oh, and okay, so not just hey. nine inch nails, but New Order was also playing too, and oh, they rules. um so. If you remember it for Riot Fest, like, you know, the big stages, they usually will, you know, they'll, they'll alternate those throughout the day because then they can, you know, set up one while they, while they have somebody like going on the other and vice versa. So, so like the set before Nine Inch Nails, so like, um, on the, the big stage next, next to where, um, Trent was going to be, um, New Order was playing. So like when everyone was waiting for Nine Inch Nails, we also got to see New Order. And it's just so funny because all these people who are like clearly like edgy, like industrial fans are just like bopping along to yeah. like Blue Monday and shit. And like, it was actually really fun. New Order's really good live. So that was kind of cool to like 
even though I wasn't planning on seeing them, I was just like, oh, this is New Order. That's awesome. I didn't know I was going to get to see them too. Yeah. Yeah, it was day. a super good day. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, good times. But uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's still, my my uh, d- my doors are still making a lot of noise because of the typhoon. That's okay. Are they going, oh, I was surprised my, my uh, power went out only for like five minutes, like earlier today. So I was like, wow, that's, that's all. That's all you got? Yeah, so did, um, did you have to, like, reset anything? Like, did you have to go to your breaker, or did it just come back on? Uh, I went, to, I, I reset my breakers just in case, so maybe that's what got my power back up faster. Okay. I don't know, I'm fucking, I didn't, I didn't study. In I didn't study. I only learned the <laughs> audio engineering, not electrical engineering. <laughs> I only learned, like, basic electrical engineering, and I still don't remember that much. That's okay. I feel like every time, like, I like there's like a handy person that does work at my house like i kind of want to like ask them a thousand questions but i'm also like okay like if they're getting paid by the hour though my parents are going to kill me for that so maybe (laughs) maybe i don't do that but like i have my my grandpas are both pretty handy so if it's something that they can fix instead of calling somebody else like they'll come in and help like when we were selling our house like uh two years ago we had to change the outlets to be the gfis so like the newer updated um outlets like for like the kitchen so like if um there was like a short urge or i'm trying to remember how like he explained it to me it's called a short <laughs> no. it's um so the, the gfis um the way that their circuit is if like if water or something because like it's in the kitchen if like anything were to get like into the outlet it would it would just like it would stop sending signal essentially so it, w- it would make sure like you didn't cause like an issue um so like we didn't have we had a couple of them already in the kitchen but we needed to like update the other ones so my papa was actually like walking me through like how to change them out which didn't look super tough but like you still have to like make sure you're wearing gloves you turn off all the electrical anyways and then so you do stuff in steps when you're testing things out and just being really careful um try not to really touch the wire like using the right tools um and some of it made a lot of sense but some of it i was like yeah i don't know what this is (laughs) Yeah, I have. Uh, I don't have the slightest clue. Yeah. I wish I was more handy, but at the same time, I'm also like, I cannot be fucked to do any of this. So <laughs> I'm gonna pay somebody else. And then, like the the guy electrician was like, "What did you say?" To I me? was like, "Fuck, nothing." Nothing is usually and you're like, "Did you say you're nothing?" I was like, "Uh, yeah." You'd be like, "I can't and? work in these conditions." Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I can. Am I right? Woo! So anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so you know, you know how I knew this uh, typhoon was serious. How? So when other people started to take it more seriously on on the island, so like a lot of like businesses, hell, even like some houses, like some nicer houses on the island, they started putting like giant storage, like like shipping, like 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 these crates that you would see like on a freight train or like on a ship on on a ship. Oh, okay. Like, they they would put these in front of like the entrances. So like the wind wouldn't plow through and break the glass oh, wow. entrances or or glass. Jeez, I mean that's one way of doing that. It's pretty smart actually, and uh, it's a good way to um not get your glass broken in all over you. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm sure you know with with the the different magnitudes like they've you know people out there know like okay like it's probably a good idea to just get certain things in place in case it gets bad enough because then you know all we have to do is just move certain things even if like there isn't damage you'd rather do that than like risk not putting up any like 
barricades or, you know, precautionary anything and then having a ton of stuff to clean up afterwards. Yeah, because like this island gets um, it gets very uh, plenty of typhoons, actually. Actually, the worst one that it ever received was the one in 19, uh, 1977 uh, called Typhoon Babe. Um, and it hit the Philippines and it hit this island. It's probably like the worst that uh, this island has ever gotten. It had the the highest wind speed was uh two hundred and forty one uh, kilometers oh per my. hour. Uh, total fatal total fatalities was twenty three. Oh, um, it's and this was a Category Four, so this was in nineteen seventy seven. That's the last uh, really bad uh, typhoon that this uh, has gotten. This thankfully, this typhoon actually isn't making uh, landfall uh, in this island right now. It's between. Taiwan and uh, and Japan, southern Japan. So it's going, it's traveling through the eastern, uh, through the East China Sea. Uh, so it's not making. It made landfall in a couple of the smaller Okinawa islands, but not through this island specifically. So uh, we got kind of lucky there. Uh, we are getting some strong winds, but we're not actually making. It's not the typhoon actually isn't actually making landfall. Uh, but this, but it does like come to show how strong this typhoon is that the, even though it's a bit far we're still getting plowed through right now jeez yeah oh they say they have any uh predictions like how long it's gonna be kind of hovering over your area uh, a couple yeah. days i think at least to like uh monday-ish like early monday and it's supposed to land in between like southern korea and uh, nagasaki mm. in japan um is it going to be bad enough where they might have to like change the school schedule a little bit? Uh, probably not in my right. island, but like if it hits pretty bad in like Western Kyushu and uh, they might have to do something up there. But again, yeah, we're pretty lucky in comparison to what it's hit and what it's supposed to hit. That's good. That's good. Y'all be safe now. Now. No. That's right. You got to have your danger. How could I forget? Yeah. How could I not like live dangerously? That is my motto or whatever. Yeah, you say that all the time. You you tell us, guys, how could I not live dangerously? And we're like, that's right, Brian. How could we ever forget? We're terrible friends. And then I dab, and then I almost die. Yeah, it's it's, it's all part of the danger. So we're so we let it happen because we understand that's part of your process. Ooh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, must be the money. <laughs> yeah. You. So I guess this is a good uh, time to wrap up the episode. Um, I don't have anything fun planned for the. Um, for, uh, we usually have some games or some like impressions, but uh, I've been stuck indoors for most of the day, so um, it's hasn't hasn't been a very motivating day. Nah, for me me so neither. You're, yeah, you're just trying to stay alive, my dude. Yeah, at this point, I'm just trying to and not die. Bored. So, uh, but you know, I'm risking my life to record this episode. That's that should be good enough. Oh right? yes, definitely. That's, uh, thank you for your service. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for your patronage. Yes. And thank you, Sage, for uh, getting up really early in the morning to record this episode. So, uh, you are most welcome. It's the least I could do. You are in the middle of a tropical storm. So, yeah, it'd be be like that sometimes. Yeah, you you know, Shogun I, sometimes you're in a tropical storm. Sometimes, you know, a typhoon is about to carry you away. You know, that's just life. Hakuna Matata, Shogun I. Hakuna, you're Tata's. Hey! I'm going to call the police on you. Oh, please don't. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm sorry. Go back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that being said, anyway, uh, yeah, we have um, uh, we have email gaijinbento at gmail dot com. Uh, leave us your comments, feedback, questions, uh, concerns, comments, questions. We have concerns, uh, concer- <laughs> concerns comments, questions. Uh, we have Instagram, uh, Gaijin Bento. So, yeah, uh, hit us up there, please. We're not that desperate, we promise. Uh, see you not, everybody. Later, skaters.